The 15th Amendment granted black men the right to vote under the law, but exercising that right became another challenge. This is 5-Minute History. In the immediate aftermath of the Civil War, the United States found itself in uncharted territory. With the Confederacy's defeat, some 4 million enslaved black men, women, and children had been granted their freedom and emancipation that would formalize with passage of the 13th Amendment to the Constitution. For black Americans, gaining the full rights of citizenship, especially the right to vote, was centralized in securing true freedom and self-determination. Slavery is not abolished until the black man has the ballot, Frederick Douglass famously said in May of 1865. After Abraham Lincoln was assassinated in April of 1865, the task of reconstructing the Union fell to its successor, Andrew Jackson. A Tennessee-born Unionist, Jackson strongly believed in states' rights and showed great leniency towards white Southerners and his Reconstruction policy. He required the former Confederate states to ratify the 13th Amendment and pledge loyalty to the Union, but otherwise granted them free reign in re-establishing their post-war governments. As a result, in 1865-66, to 66, most Southern states' legislators enacted restrictive laws known as Black Codes, which strictly governed black citizens' behaviors, denied them suffrage and other rights. Radical Republicans in Congress were outraged, arguing that the Black Codes went a long way towards reestablishing slavery in all but name. Early in 1866, Congress passed a Civil Rights Bill, which aimed to build on the 13th Amendment to give black Americans the right of citizens. When Johnson vetoed the bill, on the basis of opposing federal action on behalf of former slaves, Congress overrode his veto, marking the first time in the nation's history that major legislation became law over a presidential veto. With the passage of the Reconstruction Act in March of 1867, the era of radical and congressional reconstruction began. Over the next decade, black Americans voted in huge numbers across the South, electing a total of 22 black men to serve in the U.S. Congress, and helping to elect Johnson's Republican successor, Ulysses S. Grant, in 1868. The 14th Amendment, approved by the Congress in 1866 and ratified in 1868, granted citizenship to all persons, born or naturalized in the United States, including former slaves, and guaranteed equal protections of the laws to all citizens. In 1870, Congress passed the first of the three so-called Reconstruction Amendments, the 15th Amendment, which stated that voting rights could not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of race, color, or previous condition of servitude. Reconstruction saw biracial democracy exist in the South for some time, although much of the power in the state's governments remained in white hands. Like black voters, black officials faced the constant threat of intimidation and violence, often at the hands of the Ku Klux Klan or white supremacist groups. While the 15th Amendment barred voting rights discrimination on the basis of race, it left the door open for states to determine the specific qualifications of suffrage. Southern state legislators used such qualifications including literacy tests, poll taxes, and other discriminatory practices to disenfranchise a majority of black voters in the decades following Reconstruction. As a result, white-dominated state legislators consolidated control and effectively reestablished the black codes in the form of so-called Jim Crow laws, a system of segregation that would remain in place for nearly a century. In the 1950s and 60s, securing voting rights for African Americans in the South became a central focus to the Civil Rights Movement. While the sweeping Civil Rights Act of 1964 finally banned segregation in schools and other public places, 
it did little to remedy the problem of discrimination in voting rights. The brutal attacks by state and local law enforcement on hundreds of peaceful marchers led by Martin Luther King Jr. and other civil rights activists in Selma, Alabama in March of 1965 drew unprecedented attention. Later that year, President Lyndon Johnson signed into law the Voting Rights Act, which banned literacy tests and other methods used to disenfranchise black voters. In 1966, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in Harper v. Virginia Board of Elections that poll taxes were unconstitutional for the state and local elections as well. Before passage of the Voting Rights Act, an estimated 23% of eligible black voters were registered nationwide. By 1969, that number rose to 61%. By the 1980s, the percentage of the black adult population on southern voter rolls surpassed those in the rest of the country. In 2012, Turnout of black voters exceeded that of white voters for the first time in history, as 66.6% of eligible black voters turned out to re-elect Barack Obama, the nation's first African-American president. Thank you for listening. This has been 5-Minute History.